Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 747 of the Juicebox podcast. On this episode of Bold Beginnings, Jenny Smith and I are going to talk about flexibility. Don't forget the Bold Beginnings series is all about things that listeners of the Juicebox podcast wish they would have known in the beginning. While you're listening today, don't forget that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you enjoy Jenny Smith and you'd like to hire her, she works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you're liking what you're hearing in the Bold Beginnings series and want to expound, learn more, you're looking for the Defining Diabetes episodes and the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes. There are lists of them at the Facebook page, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes, in the Featured tab. That's a private group with over 27,000 members. If you're not on Facebook, check out juiceboxpodcast.com or just search in your favorite audio app. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Take the right insulin dose at the right time. The InPen is a reusable smart insulin pen that uses Bluetooth technology to send dose information to your mobile app, offering dose calculations, and tracking. InPen helps take some of the mental math out of your diabetes management. You can get started right now with InPen at InPenToday.com. Or perhaps you're ready to talk to a healthcare provider about InPen. Again, InPenToday.com. Head over there now to hear about the app that has current glucose on it, meal history, dosing history, and much more. Like dosing reminders, carb counting support, and a digital logbook. Lighten your diabetes management load with InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Seriously, InPenToday.com. Just head over now and check it out. InPen is an insulin pen that you may pay as little as $35 for. Offer is available to people with commercial insurance. Terms and conditions apply. But $35 for an insulin pen that talks to an app on your phone and keeps track of things? Not unlike an insulin pump. This sounds like something you want to learn more about. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed, or you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information, visit InPenToday.com. I don't have the energy to pretend that we haven't been recording for the last hour, Jenny, so we're back with the Bold, <laughs> we're back with the bold Beginning series to talk about flexibility. Um Maybe uh, an unsung tool along with texting, as far as I'm concerned, uh, about diabetes. So yes, this first person says that in the beginning, we were not educated on the needs of insulin and how they would change over time or with exercise or with growth. It was just about finding the settings that fit at diagnosis. At diagnosis, I wish I was told that these things would change and that diabetes was a marathon and not a sprint. Mm. And that I would need to be flexible. So do you see that a lot with people? They're stuck in like this number used to work. I don't know what happens. Um, I do, especially for people who have a level of 
an endo, I would say, or a level of somebody that they are only really only checking in with, you know, every six months. They're kind of left to their own ability to manage. And even though what was working isn't working anymore, they don't have the tools to evaluate how to make a change or they don't necessarily maybe feel safe making a change because they've had enough. I call it hand slapping when they go into their physician's office. Well, why did you change this? You know, this number is different in your download. Why did you not do what I recommended six months ago? Well, I mean, there's some explanation. Something changed. Yeah, I tried to navigate it, right? So I think that's a reason that some people end up sticking with where they are, even though they know it's not working or they realize that something's changed uh, because they may not have the know-how or the care team to really help them. I think to add to that, one of the sadder things I see is when people know that they should be doing something and they let their fear of what's going to happen when they get to the doctor's office stop them. And, yes. and that takes me into this person's statement. Um, I thought that insulin, the initial insulin dose was it and it was set in stone. And then we, <laughs> oh, then we, no. and we learned very quickly that the more flexible you are, the more successful you could be that you could change a dose if it's not working. Or, yes. you know, if you're worried about changing themselves, well, call the doctor or the nurse. She said she called her CDE every day for two weeks. But her, her takeaway here is don't suffer, try something else, and you will find something that works. I mean, that's just, that's a great statement. You have to just keep experimenting and trying things. And if something doesn't Correct. work, try something else. And I think the way I put it in the pro tip series is, that when you're learning to pre-bolus a meal, you can, if you have a CGM, see what happened. And then the next time say, well, look, I'll do a little more or a little less, a little sooner or a little later. You adjust your timing and your amount until it starts working for you the way you expect it to or the way right. you want it to. Forget expect it. Like the way it, the way it can work. Right. Um, and I think the comfort level from another piece of understanding can, you can get comfortable faster if you understand that. You're going to try something, and if it goes the wrong way, meaning you're not higher, but you're actually lower than you ended up being, Mm -hmm. you are not in the middle of a desert without tools to help right that drop or that low, right? I mean, maybe you are in the desert, and if at that point you clearly need to have supplies along with you. Listen, if someone's stuck in the desert and they're listening to this podcast, they're they're misusing their... Their, things, their resources. Their resources yeah. at their disposal. Use the phone to call someone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, most of us ha- thankfully have something to treat that drop with. Mm-hmm. And if you are experimenting, have those things on the ready, right? Have them in your packet, have them in your purse, have them in your glove compartment, whatever, because you may, with experimentation, find that things don't necessarily the first time go the way that you want them to go. Yeah. Yeah, be ready for it not to go right. Be ready. That's for sure. Be, be ready. Yeah. That's right. It, yes. Well, here, here's this next statement says that what I didn't understand was that the carb ratio was a guide even. Um, and that basal insulin would, needs would change. She said, I had a magical idea that if I measured everything, I would nail down the doses and that would be it. They'd be done. Right? Like she, she just wasn't huh. measuring the food correctly. She wasn't uh, um, assessing the amount of carbs. But right. you know, go to the pro tip about glycemic load and glycemic index to understand that all carbs aren't created equal. Um, she said that uh, 
we would glide through diabetes with no problem was her expectation if she just measured the food correctly. The endo made it seem like that as well. And I wish Mm -hmm. someone would have told me that you have to be flexible and that dosing changes. It would have saved me quite a bit of time and stress. And in terms of like clearing that up, dosing changes, there are a couple of thoughts around that, right? Dosing changes, meaning as you grow or as your child or your teen grows, their doses will change. Yes. Mm-hmm. But another like way to think about dosing might be the strategy of the dose might not be the amount that changes, meaning your insulin to carb ratio, but this type of a meal may use this type of dosing strategy sure. for insulin. Um, so doses will change. Many people have different insulin to carb ratios through the, through the day, depending on the time of day. Um, and as precise as you can be, with a label or with estimation, absolutely, that goes a long yeah. way. Um, but Arden doesn't eat a lot of like sugary candy, but when she does, it requires a, a, a longer pre-bolus with less insulin than the carbs would indicate. So if she's going to eat 15 carbs of gummy bears for fun and not for, you know, right. as, a, as a low, then, she, you know, it might not be the exact like in Arden's case, 15 carbs would be like three units, 3.2 units or something like that. So she probably mm-hmm. doesn't need the whole 3.2. She might need right. more like two, but she's going to need it with longer, a longer pre-boss yes. because the sugar is going to hit her so quickly. Yes. And But it also doesn't punch with the same weight as a baked potato does. So you don't need as much insulin. That might sound in the beginning, You that might I might have just. Somebody who's newly diagnosed could have heard that and thought, why don't you just tell me I have to build my own rocket and fly to Jupiter? Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know how to do any of those things. But this stuff is not difficult once you get. It's not. And it. I yeah. think one thing to to kind of clean that up in terms of the insulin to carb ratios, because most people eat a complex type of mm-hmm. like meal. There are a little bit of all the different macronutrients, carbs, proteins, fats within a meal time. Ratios for most people are really adjusted with that idea in mind of a lingering effect of a meal. So ratios are often more aggressive than they would need to be if we just lived on simple carbs. Mm -hmm. Simple carbs have a very quick process. They go in, fuel the body, they come out. And that's why if you really eat only carbs, you're constantly driving this hunger road right right? um so well that might explain the difference between ratios for a meal versus ratios for a handful of gummy bears that i just want to (laughs) eat and by the way there are some brands of gummy bears are better than others but i'm not here to to push a brand of gummy (laughs) bears um this person just wants me to make the point that because things are dynamic and flexibility is important it's another reason to say that a person who you only see every three or six months might not be the best judge of how to make adjustments. That was a a nice way of saying that. Um, I I think the most important thing that someone could have told me is that insulin to carb ratios, basal rates, correction factors will change forever. I don't know if they change forever, but (laughs) they change a lot when you're young and you're growing uh, because I had this notion again that they wouldn't change. Little things like, right, like why would – um, why would these things change? You could have been a more sedentary person and suddenly become more active. Those things would change. You could gain weight or lose weight. Those things would change. You could change the way you eat from a more complex 
meals like Jenny just described to plant-based or, you know, correct, whatever. These things would all change how much insulin you're using. These are not, these are not like set in stone numbers that no matter what happens forever and ever are going to work. Correct. Um, this person says, my biggest help was just hearing on the podcast that I needed to be fluid and that nothing was going to be absolute. Um, a lot. After I was diagnosed, I spent five and six hours a day researching how, why, what can we do? Like just everything. I didn't know what to do. And after my daughter got her Dexcom, we would watch the numbers all day just, and it burned them out. Yeah. So this is flexibility to, uh, coming from a different, like we've been talking about flexibility about using insulin, but this person's talking about flexibility as for far life. as, yeah for yeah. life and to pace yourself. It was, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I would say that took me some time as well because I was at one point not good at diabetes, then got much better at it. And then as my daughter started having impacts from hormones, it got hard again. And I had this expectation set in my head that I could keep her blood sugar under 140, no problem. And then all of a sudden it started to go up more and those higher numbers uh, gave me, made me stressed. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I had to say to myself, I I'll figure it out. But while, it while we're figuring it out, I can't torture myself the whole time. And so that right. is sort of flexibility with how I was thinking about the numbers, you know. Right. And because people get a CGM, many people, not everybody, but many people get a CGM very quickly after diagnosis now. Mm -hmm. um, so you have, you have this scale of information to be able to watch. And I think, you know, in this person's case, obviously it was the watch from a, well, I don't know what any of the variables are going to do. So I just have to watch all day long. I just, yeah. I, and maybe they were doing it initially from a standpoint of learning, but then you can get into this almost OCD habit mm -hmm. of if I don't watch it, what if something happens when I don't see what's going on? Right. Right. And, yeah. For me, if you have a CGM, the, the key to losing that feeling is to set reasonable alarms high and low and do not think about that thing if it's not beeping. Just let, let it go. Yeah. That's Absolutely. And they those targets might get you know, a little bit more narrow or narrow as you feel more confidence and more comfort and understand insulin a little bit better, mm -hmm. understand uh, I treated the low, it's good. I know that this amount works. I don't have to worry about it, you know, again. I, I can say that, I mean, I did so many finger sticks before I got my first CGM. <laughs> so many finger sticks a day. <laughs> Mine might have actually looked like a line of CGM data <laughs> through the course of the day. Um, but I, you know, I was constantly setting an alarm. Oftentimes I didn't even have to wait for the alarm to go off for an overnight like finger stick mm -hmm. because I I did worry about overnight lows. Yeah. And without a CGM, I had no way to know other than what my blood sugar was at bedtime and then what it was at like two o'clock in the morning, which when I was on injections with a basal insulin was my time to go low. And once I was on a pump and then I started on a CGM not too long after I had my pump, it became very like visible to me that I didn't have to have that alarm anymore. Okay. Again, with the alerts and everything that I set well in my CGM, 
I stopped setting an alarm. I was like, if my blood sugar goes above or below, like you said, I will get alerted. And if I don't get alerted, I can just sleep. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) I think it's a great way to just alleviate that stress. It's just, I mean, our, ours are very tight. I think 70 and 120, but Mm -hmm. when it's not beeping, we're staying between 70 and 120 and there's no reason to think about it. And they're so tight that if she gets the 120 and she's rising, it's not difficult to come back around and fix it. It's not like, you know, you can't, you can't set it at like, you know, 70 and 300 and go, I don't know. I don't have to worry about this. Things never beeping. <laughs> it's not making noise. Yeah, that, that's not <laughs> right. what I'm saying. Um, no. But yeah, flexibility around diabetes. Um, I mean, listen, flexibility around everything is really important. But around diabetes, it's going to it's going to help you. I mean, you just heard in a number of different ways, not just dosing, uh, but I think psychologically, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Jenny, thanks so much for doing Yay. this with me. Absolutely. Always cool. fun. Thanks so much to InPen from Medtronic Diabetes for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Check it out at InPenToday.com. If you can't remember that, there are also links at JuiceBoxPodcast.com and links in the show notes of the podcast player you're probably listening in right now. And if you're not listening in a podcast player, I mean, can you please subscribe and follow in a podcast app? It helps the show and honestly, it's easier for you. The episodes come right to your phone, and the phone is right with you constantly. Mine's right here. See? I just picked it up. Everyone always has their phone. So let me just tell you again, because I know there are a lot of episodes of the podcast. If you're looking for the Defining Diabetes episodes, or for the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes, They're, of course, right in your podcast player. Just go to all episodes and you scroll around and you can find them or search and find them by searching for something like Diabetes Pro Tip or Defining Diabetes. There are also lists available on the private Facebook group, which, by the way, is completely free, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. So not only are you going to find a Facebook group with 27,000 members in it, people just like you who are sharing experiences and ideas, But at the Featured tab at the top, you'll find all the lists of not just these series, but all of the series that exist within the podcast, and there are many. There's even a special website, diabetesprotip.com, where the Defining Diabetes and Diabetes Pro Tip episodes are, even if you just need it to see the episode numbers that correlate with each episode, so you can go back to your podcast app and, and look for that episode. I may have just made that sound more difficult than it is. Juiceboxpodcast.com, diabetesprotip.com, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook, or just scroll through your podcast app or use the search feature. The Defining Diabetes series is amazing, as is the Diabetes Pro Tip series. You don't want to miss it. If you've been enjoying these Bold Beginnings episodes and you want to dig down deeper, those two other series, those are the place to go. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.